This is the EVP Podcast. Guess who's back, MFers? It's the EVP Podcast. That's us. <laughs> I'm Ghosty. I'm DVO. I'm Beaker. And we're back with another episode. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was worried this... we were back with something else. Yeah, no, if you didn't know, it's an episode. <laughs> we're giving you the spooks. <laughs> we're here for some spooks. Whoa, whoa. What? What? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I've been drinking. <laughs> Excellent. I'm in the process. Excelente. These are pretty good. Are they? Yeah. Let you're me try it. Out. Give Go me some of that. Drinking on the YouTube video. Don't do this at kids' home. So let me. Uh, yeah, don't do that in kids' homes. Yeah. Don't don't drink around kids. <laughs> oh um, just heard this story today. Go on. Somebody moving things into a storage unit. Okay. Well, in the storage unit, they had placed an item on top of something and behind it. And, well, actually, they pulled up and opened the storage unit today and found something out of place, which was crazy. Something that was behind things was now in front of things. Okay. Like a box? or Uh, A shelf. Uh, The shelf thing, which was behind a few items, was now in front. Hmm. And then... They were putting a box in there. They were going to put another box in after this box. So they put the box in there, noticed that shelf out of place, which was strange. Placed the box on top of something, but had to put it over a bar. So it couldn't, it was kind of secured in there. Okay. Went back to the car to get another box. Came back at the car, heard a crash. Came back to find the box that was just placed was now crashed down on the ground and in front of the unit. And... The, the only way it could have fa- fallen over was getting picked up and over this bar. Hmm. So couldn't figure out how that had happened. Kind of looked around, kind of got a little scared from it, but pretty strange. That is unusual. You need to go debunk it. Possibly. That was pretty that. strange. We should go to Jersey. What's going on in Jersey? The Jersey oh, Devil? The Jersey Devil. Uh, one of our listeners, actually. Um, that we talked about last episode, I believe. She actually found our show by... She was doing wanting to hear stuff about the Suicide Forest and found our episode uh, and then just started listening from there because you know why? We're the best paranormal podcast around. That's, That's exactly right. why. Um, <laughs> but she, she emailed us back and said she's been having issues as well where she feels like she's been seeing uh, like shadow people, more or less, in her house. Uh, while she's at home, she feels like someone's like touching her hmm. and like grabbing her waist or... Uh, pulling on her hair, touching her shoulder, and same thing when she's in a car driving. So, um, it's entirely possible that you've got something going on. If we lived a lot closer, we would definitely come check it out for you. Um, but my suggestion would be is to find, kind of fill out local teams and, and see if you can get someone to come check it out. Because I do think, from what you're describing, you might actually have something going on, or attachment, uh, or an attachment. I don't think, from what you're describing, though, um, I don't think it's anything malicious or um, malevolent. I don't think it's, it's like, negative in it's nature. It's like your attention. Like, hey. Grabbing booties. Like, hey, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> remember, th- remember this? <laughs> could, could be. <laughs> could be an old flame. Yes. Could be. We don't know. So, today, we're going to talk about reincarnation. Okay. Oh, it's not real. To you. To people. Actually, I do I do believe in reincarnation. I'm on my third life. So, yeah. The, imagine being able to remember everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Well, imagine being able to remember everything from the previous life you just lived. How's, okay. that, how's that, Brandy? How's that remembering everything from a previous life? Um, it can be depressing. It can be depressing is what she said. Hmm. She's on her seventh life here on Earth. Here on Earth. I believe she's had two others on a different planet. I think she's on nine. So she's done after this because cats have nine lives. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> it can be depressing. I've actually heard that from Caden as well. Um, he might get mad at me for sharing this. He might not. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but he, I know in his uh, several of his previous lives where he's suffered from depression and actually committed suicide in almost every previous life that he's had. Uh, yeah. This one, I've... Worked really hard with him to keep him from doing that. Good. Not that he's suicidal, but you know when he told me that, I'm like, we'll make sure this doesn't happen this go around. Yeah, yeah let's change things. Let's break the cycle. 
that reminded me just what that whole thing about being depressing remind so I'll talk about this one line that the mom said of this one child. So we're going to talk about children remembering their past lives. We, okay. each, we each have a child that we are going to talk about. And the mom of this child, the, what she said about living with like with a child having these type of uh, thoughts and uh, uh, memories, she said it was like living with someone with dementia mixed with grieving. Hmm. Crazy. Interesting. Wow. You know, it's funny. Wow. I, I'm actually kind right. of <laughs> I'm glad you picked this topic because over the last like two years or so, I've had so many people tell me about their own kids having stories. Like Caden was one of them. Uh, some right. friends of mine from uh, through a, a work friend, uh, they said their daughter would be putting on makeup and she, or like lipstick. And she's like, I remember when I wore this before I'd go out and dancing with my friends and, and stuff like that. So it's it seems to be a lot more common now. With kids like coming forward, I think it's a lot to do with the internet because people have a way to share this better. Right, yeah. Um, a lot of kids apparently now, for some reason, are remembering their past lives. Well, in some cases, some parents try to hide it. Yes. Like in this case, this mom didn't want her friends to find out about it because their religion was kind of, they didn't believe in reincarnation. Mm. It wasn't talked about. Yeah, I, I, this, is a, this is a fun topic because this is a topic that I, if, if people listen and watch and give us the likes... We could do, definitely do this again on a future episode. On a ghost yacht. Yes. I think he's trying to blackmail everybody <laughs> into following us. You need to like us and follow us or we won't tell any more children's stories. Yes. Get it. Get it. Hint, hint. Yeah, we might talk about the black-eyed children, though. We could. Yeah, yeah not this So, episode. Ghosty, what story you got for yeah. All right, so I'm going to talk about this child's name is Ryan Hammonds, and... He could do a quick Google search on him real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so he was born in 2004 in Oklahoma. All right. And he believes he was the reincarnation of a famous Hollywood agent named Marty Martin. Okay. And he was about four years old when these memories started happening. And um, he would uh, wake up with these night terrors. And he was... Uh, screaming about wanting to see his kids and go back to Hollywood and that he missed his wife and uh, things like that. And That's when he was three? Four. Okay. And then about five years old, um, oh, another thing he would talk about that he would wake up screaming about is that his heart exploded while he was in Hollywood. Wow. And uh, wow. when he was about five, when he was five, he finally told his mom that I think I'm someone else. Okay. Okay. And the mom didn't didn't want to believe it. The dad didn't want to believe it because they're Southern Baptists, and you know that's just unheard of to them. So you know they uh, they didn't want to uh, they didn't want they didn't want to talk about it. And they were hiding it. They were hiding it from their friends. Um, anyways, he was remembering you know just a ton of facts, and he was remembering that he was a Hollywood agent and that he had an agency. Uh, that he had this uh, big house with a big swimming pool. And he would even talk about tap dancing on Broadway. And, like, certain songs would come on and he would imitate these uh, tap dancing moves and, and talk about tap dancing on Broadway. Okay. Um, and then, that, you know, the mom made that statement about, you know, it was like living with someone with dementia mixed with grieving, you know, talking about missing their kids and stuff like that. Uh, but he made over 200 statements about this past life. And um, the mom took him to a library, the, the county library, and they started take, like, picking these old Hollywood books, these golden age, golden era of Hollywood, and started flipping through pictures. And uh, one of the pictures he stopped on, and that was uh, actually a movie that this guy was an extra in. And the only picture, you know, of pretty much of the only scene he was in was this picture. But he first noticed this other actor named George and said, hey, that's George. And then he pointed to himself and said, oh, that's me. And But there was, like, no history on who this guy is. They found the movie. Um, it was called uh, The Night After Night. And it was a debut movie of Mae West. I don't, she's a famous old actress, Mae West. I don't know if that name sounds familiar. Mm. But uh, it was her debut movie. And... Uh, they found this picture and he was just like yeah that's that's me and they were trying to find who this guy is and there was no archive of this extra anywhere 
and uh, he couldn't. This kid couldn't remember his own name, though. He couldn't remember the name of his himself of who he was. And there, uh, there was a an archivist who dug into the library of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and found who this guy was. And his name was Marty Martin. And uh, this is when this Dr. Tucker gets involved. I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy, Dr. Tucker. So this is pretty much all this. He's a psychiatrist, and this is all he studies, is children with these past lives and remembering past lives. That's a job? Yeah, that's his job. He's a child psychiatrist from University of Virginia, and this is all he does. And this is his most highest case of the most factual remembrances of past lives that he's ever had. And uh, once he, 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 he meets this kid, he, he finds out kind of what's gone on and who this kid tells people he thinks he, who he is. So he collects some, some old photographs and lays out a series of photographs, one being Marty Martin, and put him in front of him. And he points to himself and says, oh, that's, that's me. And then lays out a series of four pictures, and these four of, the, of women, one of whom was uh, Marty Martin's last wife. Oh. And right away, as soon as he laid him out, he pointed to her and said, that's her, without even asking anything. He just laid him out and he pointed to her. He said it was immediate. Um, the mom was like, but the mom didn't know what was going on. The mom's like, what, what, what are you smiling about? Because he was smiling real big the moment that happened. And he asked the doc- she asked the doctor what, what was he, he was smiling about. And he's like, that's, that was Marty Martin's last wife. So he, she was kind of like, oh, shit, crazy. Um, uh, let's see. So after this kid starts making all these statements, the do- this doctor starts investigating the statements that he's, he made. Uh, when he's, part of the things that he did was actually meet with Marty Martin's daughter and started going over some of these statements and asking her which ones were s- true, which ones were, were not. Some things this kid knew that this girl, his own daughter didn't know. It was pretty nuts. So she was saying no to some of these things and looking into them. Actually, it was true. She just didn't know this. What the little kid said. Yeah. So some of these statements that stood out, um, that he owned an, uh, an, an agency, which he did, uh, that the agency changed people's names, which it did to make, give them like famous, more right. you know, kind of names like that, uh, that he lived on a street with the word rocks in it. And looking into it, the street that he lived on with this house that he kept talking about was on Roxbury. Hmm. Um, he talked about how he drove a green car that he didn't let anyone else drive. And his daughter didn't know this and said, no, that wasn't true. When, in fact, looking into this, he did have a nice green car that, and that other, his friends talked, uh, had mentioned that, yeah, he didn't let anybody touch it. Okay. So his own daughter didn't know that. And another thing that his wife drove a, a shiny black car, and that was another factual thing. And that was about the same time that he had that fancy green car. Um, and that he had many wives, and he ended up, he did have five wives. He went through five <laughs> wives. It's Hollywood for you, baby. <laughs> yeah. um, that he tap danced, um, which was true. And that he danced in New York, which he did dance in Broadway. And uh, that his favorite restaurant was in Chinatown, which his daughter did remember. It was, it was a restaurant called Ah Fong's in uh, Beverly Hills, Chinatown. So she verified that and told said the name of the restaurant, which was pretty crazy. <coughs> um, and he even said that he had a little sister, which the daughter didn't even know that she had an aunt. And they verified that, yeah, he did have a little sister. Hmm. So, yeah, the daughter was kind of blown away by that, too, that that was actual facts, that she was just like, no, that's not true. Interesting. Um, and that one of the statements was that when his daughter was six, he bought her uh, a watchdog that she didn't like. And what was weird was, yes, he did buy her a dog when she was six, but it wasn't a watchdog. It was a Yorkie, unless it was like an inside joke, joke that he would say that he didn't know, you know, that only he knew or no one else alive knows. Um, and so it was just, uh, oh, another thing that was, this was the crazy thing that he made this statement that says he didn't see why God would let you get to be 61 and then come back as a baby. And the crazy thing was that on the death certificate, it shows Marty Martin dying at 59 years old. Okay. 
So he's like, okay, well, that's not true. Why was he saying this? Looking into it more, his, uh, it, it was wrong. It was stated wrong in the, in the death certificate, and he was actually 61. So uh-huh. if anyone actually did do research into this guy and came up with that, they would have gotten that wrong right away. But the fact that he was factual about it, knew that his own age, and that, and that, was, that shit was pretty crazy. That they looked into it and finding that these things that were made were actually wrong. Yeah. So um, later on in life, so he was like doing these, uh, this Dr. Tucker, Tucker was working with this kid when he was like five years old. And then fast forward, now this kid's late in his teens. He's like 16, 17 now. And they flew him out to meet Marty Martin's daughter. And his niece decided to go there too because his niece was the only one that was like, that actually knew him as an adult because his daughter died. Or, no, he died when his daughter was eight. Oh, okay. So she was still small when, when, when he passed away. Um, so his, uh, Marty Martin's niece met there as, as well as, uh, as Marty Martin's daughter. And, uh, he was kind of looking around at some old photos. And one of the things that he kept, that they had a lot of photos of, and one thing that he mentioned a lot of, uh, as a child was Paris. Paris was a big thing. Always talking about Paris and the Eiffel Tower. And the daughter was like, yeah, that was a big part of our life growing up. I spent a lot of time in Paris. Uh, we spent a lot of time at the Eiffel Tower. Hmm. So that, that was verified through that. And then the mom brought something up and was like, um, is, is, there anything of, is there anything about monograms? Like, he always talks about monograms and, and how... Uh, the little boy's mom? The little, okay. Yeah, the little boy's mom talked about how when the little boy was little, he always talked about monograms and, oh, you can go get these nice monogram towels in Paris <laughs> and talking about these monogram towels and everything. And the daughter was just kind of like, oh, my God. She's like, everything he has is monogrammed. Everything. His sheets, his clothing, his underwears, everything is monogrammed. She's like, that's crazy. I like, I like how he rolls. <laughs> right yeah he's just, he's just pretty nuts um but yeah she she confirmed that and and i mean everything about this kid was like you know spot on but what was weird is the kid just kind of fell out of place there because now he's late in his teens and he said his memories are fading the memories of that are, are fading away right yeah makes sense um and he says that the, the the niece was trying to ask him things like hey do you remember things like this and he's like i'm sorry but i can't remember things like they were my own memories He's like, they kind of come to me as if I'm daydreaming or when I'm daydreaming and just kind of lost in, in thought or lost hmm. in something. All of a sudden, I just get this memory of something and as if it's my own, but it's not, you know. And so he can't really control the memories. So he's like, I'm Got sorry, it. I can't help you. Uh, but one of the things that the mom talked about uh, that he uh, w- liked was this drink called True Aid. And it has been made for years or, or it's an old, old soda company. It's just orange soda. And yeah, he talks about this true aid that he liked, <laughs> and uh, he always, one of the things he talked about. He talked like he was like in charge too, like he was uh, somebody. Like when he was little, he would say, "When I wanted to go somewhere, I just go see the boys at the bank, and they'd give me money, and I'd go do what I want." <laughs> I do what I want. But but yeah, he's saying his his memories are fading, and uh, but yeah, that it, it's this just all the the memories that this kid had and the spot on facts that how many facts right. that he was able to spit out was just uncanny it was it was it blew me away that's what made me want to talk about this topic was because of this this story and i remember hearing about it years ago and something came up and i heard it again i was like this is this is what i want to talk about i've heard this story before as well yeah that's a good story pretty interesting speaker my story is not as cool no all right we'll just skip yours then all right well then next no hollywood (laughs) agent here we just have apparently like one of the most famous childhood uh, reincarnation stories. Okay. There was even more a, famous than this. There was a book written about it. It was on the news. I've never heard of it before today, because <laughs> um, I've never really looked into it. But this this comes from Lafayette, I believe. Uh, there was a kid named James Madison Leninger, who was born in 1998. In San Francisco, and uh, to his, his dad's name was Bruce. His mom's name was Andrea. Uh, shortly after he was born, they moved to Dallas, Texas, and then shortly after that, they went to Lafayette, Louisiana. 
Uh, he expressed he had expressions of a past life memory, uh, mani- manifesting mostly between the ages of two and five. And I did read some article that said most kids that have these experiences are around that age, between right. like two, three, four, five, six years and old, and they start regressing and losing that around seven. Yes. Um. So Doctor Tucker wrote about it. I think Doctor Tucker actually like doing some uh, looking into this one. There was actually uh, notes on this one from Doctor Tucker. Uh huh. So I think Doctor Tucker also looked into this case. Wow. This was a wow. This is a high profile case. Um. <laughs> so when he was about twenty two months old, uh, his parents said that they they took him to a flight museum there in Dallas, and he was very transfixed by the sight of World War Two planes. And at the end of the day, when they wanted to leave, they had to force him to leave. He did not want to leave these, this museum. He was really enamored by the planes. Um, they were passing by a toy shop when he was uh, just shy of two years old. And his mother noticed a display bin filled with plastic toys and boats. She pulled out a little propeller plane and handed it to James, saying, Look, there's even a bomb underneath. And he looked back at her and said, That's not a bomb, Mommy. That's a drop tank. Um uh, when Andrea started talking to her husband about it, uh, she learned that a drop tank is an extra fuel tank fitted to an aircraft to extend its range. So here's this two-year-old kid. Parents didn't know anything about planes, you know, and he's telling her exactly what's on this plane. He's a kratata, lame yeah. foo foo That's a drop tank. That's not a bomb. It's a drop tank. Kratata, lame <laughs> So shortly after turning two, he began having nightmares, kind of like your, your kid. Um, not my kid one. Your kid, your kid had nightmares. <laughs> not your kid, your, your story. Your story. <laughs> uh, about five times a week where he'd wake up, uh, he'd scheme and scream and kick his legs in the air, and he'd be crying, airplane crash, plane on fire, little man can't get out. <coughs> about 20 ma- 28 months old, uh, in response to questions, he told his parents that the little man was himself and that his plane been, had been shot down by the Japanese. Mm-hmm. About two weeks later, he added more details. His name had been James. He had flown a Corsair, and he had flown from a boat whose name he gave uh, Natoma, which, despite sounding Japanese, he insisted was an American boat. Uh, over the next uh, several months, he added that he had a friend and a fellow pilot named Jack Larson, and that he had been shot down near Iwo Jima. Uh, in times of play, James crashed his toy planes into the furniture, breaking off the propellers, he also began expressing his memories in art, obsessively drawing naval area battles between American and Japanese, in which planes were burning and crashing. Bullets and bombs would exp- uh, were exploding all around. These were always World War II scenes with propeller-driven aircrafts, not jets or missiles. Uh, he named the American aircraft correctly as Wildcats and Corsairs and referred to Japanese planes as Zeeks and Bettys, explaining that the boys name referred to fighter planes and the girl's name to bombers, which was actually correct. Huh. Um, he sometimes signed his name or his drawings, James three. And when asked why he said he was the third James an apparent reference to him following James Houston jr. That is the second, uh, when buckling himself into the back of the car, he would often mime putting on headgear and a movement that his mother huh. recognized during a visit to a local air show when he mounted the cockpit of a Piper Cub and put on the pilot's headgear. That's funny. She should put him in his car seat and he just pretend to put a helmet on. <laughs> yep. That's kind of awesome. So his father was a little uncomfortable with the idea of reincarnation and began to research his son's statements in the firm of hope of ruling it out. So he started doing research because he's like, wanted to prove reincarnation's not real. Uh, boy, was he wrong. Um, as, as he was already aware that Corsair was an American World War II airplane, Searching the internet, he discovered the USS Natoma Bay, which is an aircraft carrier that served in the Pacific in World War II and was part of the Iwo Jima operation. Also, that a pilot named Jack Larson had been based on that ship. So that was was the friend's name. He then began to uh, approach Natoma Bay veterans who proved forthcoming. As an initial candidate for James' memories, Jack Larson turned out, however, not to have been killed in action. His attention then shifted to James McReady Houston Jr. of Pennsylvania, who had been cured, near, killed near Iwo Jima uh, when he was 21, and whose life's James statement seemed to match. So he actually found this James Houston that what happened to this this guy matched really close to what his kid was saying. Um, 
The exception was that Houston was shot down in an FM2 Wildcat, not a Corsair. Veterans could recall no Corsairs on the Natoma Bay, and nor could the details of James' accounts of the plane being shot down be confirmed. However, a visit to Houston's sister Anne Barron uncovered a photograph of Houston standing in front of a Corsair, confirming that at one time he did fly the aircraft. Um, clinching testimony came from eyewitnesses who had seen the plane was hit in the engine, which exploded in a ball of fire before it crashed, confirming James's account. A unit logbook recording the crash can now be viewed online. Um, upon attending a reunion of the Natoma Bay pilots, James recognized one of them, Bob Greenwalt, by his voice. Um, Anne Barron also verified other details James had made earlier about his previous family, including the problems caused by his father's alcoholism. After speaking with James, she became convinced that he was indeed her brother reborn from his knowledge of facts known only to Houston, such as the existence of a painting by their mother of Anne as a child. Uh, according to the uh, Leningers, James suffered a nightmare on the anniversary of Houston's death. He made statements about two memories of the period between incarnations. First, he said he remembered choosing Bruce and Andrea as his parents and gave some uh, vertical details of the time prior to his conception, including correct details of a hotel on Hawaii that they had been staying on at during vacation. Uh, second, when his parents asked him why he had named his three G.I. Joe dolls Billy, Walter, and Leon, he answered, because that's who met me when I got to heaven. The parents later learned that the three squadron mates of Houston had been killed prior to his own death had been named Billy, Peeler, Walter Devlin, and Leon Connor. That's interesting that so, would be who would be greeting him. Yeah, his friends that were shot down with him. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot more to this story, but there's uh, a lot of research went into this. Like I said, there was a book written about this, so it's it's kind of cool to see that this kid... Do you know the name of the book? Uh, I'd have to look it up. Okay. But, um, yeah, it, it's kind of kind of interesting that... And you, you said know. something that he said he got to choose his parents. He chose his parents. Yeah, he chose his parents is what he so said. So I know a lot of religions also believe that. Like when you're in the state of heaven coming down to earth, do you choose your parents? Do you think that something that does happen? It's possible. I don't know if that's always the case. Do you think somebody's like, oh, look at this poor prom date couple that's about to conceive. I think I'll jump into that. Maybe who knows? I mean that that's like so that's gonna be a rough life. <laughs> I want to live with these rich people. Um, I don't know who gets who gets seniority pick. Who gets the pick? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard that phrase before though, so I've, I just was wondering. Interesting. So that's some of the stuff that they actually verified was that James Houston was shot down. His mm -hmm. plane was shot in the engine, crashed in the water. Well, first of all, that he existed. That he existed. <laughs> so it's it's kind of cool that he had the same. He chose the same name, James. Um, the James Houston did die in the Battle of Iwo Jima. Uh, his plane was on fire and sank, and he could not get out. He did fly a Corsair. His plane did come off the boat. He was a naval pilot. Um, his plane was shot down by the Japanese, and Corsairs tended to get flat tires when they landed. Uh, I'm sure that's somewhere there in the article that I didn't read yet. But um, they were actually able to verify a lot of this stuff this kid was saying. Interesting. Okay story I'm going to tell about took place in Centennial, Colorado, pretty close to Denver. Uh, the storyteller is named Trenny, and it's about her son, Noah. Also involved in the story is her, uh, her, her mother, Mary, and her brother, Craig. So nice introduction. I know, I know. This is how you tell stories, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, okay. Right here. That's how it's <laughs> okay. We're bad at this. The book's name, by the way, Soul Survivor. The Reincarnation of a World War II Fighter Pilot. Okay, interesting. Uh, so, Trini's telling a story about her son, Noah, who was born, and he always kind of had a rebellious kind of attitude, even at an early age. Um, he had a speech impediment. Also, as he grew, as he was growing up, he had a little bit of a speech impediment. He had a hard time saying certain letters, uh, for example, like G, like a hard G was very difficult for him. And at age three, she was driving. Trini was driving. Uh, Noah was in the backseat along with his sister. And he's kind of doing that. Th we've, if you're a parent, you know you know this. When, when he's going, mom, 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 mother, 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 mommy, mommy, mommy. You know, you know I'm going with that. No. So 
He was doing one of those things. Yeah, you don't know because you were doing it to your mother. I don't have. You were this kid. I probably was. (laughs) You were this kid. (laughs) I had seven siblings. I probably was this kid. (laughs) So, so he's doing that in the backseat. Like, hey mom, hey mom, mom, trying trying to get mom's attention. She's you know doing. She's driving, so she's not paying much attention. And then out of nowhere, Noah says, "Damn it, Hanny, listen to me." And, but he said this, "Damn it, Hanny, listen to me," with no speech impediment. He said this crystal clear. Linda, listen. And so, so, Trini stops the car. She pulls over because she's like, my son just swore at me. I started beating this kid. kid. But also, he called her Hanny when her name is Trini. And the only other person that ever called her Hanny was her brother, Craig, who has passed away. Who actually passed away five years before Noah's birth. So her brother Craig died in a car crash in 1993, and Noah was born in 1998. So Trini pulled over because she's like, "What the hell, my kid just? I gotta smack my kid." But then, wait a minute, he just called me Hanny. So his sister in the back seat said, "Why did you call mommy Hanny?" And and he said, "Well, well, because she is Hanny." And then he looked at his mom and said, "You know you're Hanny." That's what he says. Again, no speech impediment as he says this to his mom. Now, he doesn't really remember this type of stuff. And no one ever called her Hanny. Like, not her parents. Even though even though Trenny and Craig had the same parents, nobody called her Hanny. Not her friends, not her parents, not their other siblings. Only Craig called her Hanny. Um, Noah does not... Soon after, Noah doesn't remember this conversation at all. He doesn't remember yelling Hanny during the car ride or anything like that. Uh, another day goes by, not, not the next day, but you know, time has passed on, and they're watching a show about planes and helicopters. He looked at his mom, Noah did, and just said, those are spy planes. Again, he says this with no speech issue. Like He has a speech impediment, and out of nowhere, he just says, those are, that's a spy plane. Crystal clear. So she was like, how do you know this is a spy plane? He said, my dad... Uh, took me and showed me these spy planes. So Trini's a little concerned. She calls her husband, Noah's dad, and says, did you ever take Noah to go see spy planes? And Noah's dad says, no, uh, no, I've never done that. So then Trini calls her dad, who was stationed, I want to say, in Japan, um, and said, hey, did you ever, like, go around and, like, look at spy planes when you were, you know, stationed uh, overseas, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, I, I would take, and I would take your brother with me sometimes." So she was like, "Wow, okay." So my son Noah just said spy planes, perfectly clear, and my brother was taken by my father. Again, Noah said, "My dad took me to see spy planes." Um, and then at age four, they they were at, they were at a restaurant, the whole family, and he just out of nowhere just stood up and said, "That th- he said this is where I died," and Trini goes, "What are you talking about?" This is where I died. And she was like, here on earth? And Noah says, yeah, I was I was driving on along the road. And he was talking about, he was going down a windy road. I was driving down the road. Um, I crashed and the car lit on fire and I died. <coughs> and that is actually how Craig died. But like when he said, this is where? Yeah, it wasn't like at that restaurant. He just kind of slipped and just said, said it out of nowhere. This is where I died. Like, so, and she's like, he's probably having a flashback. Might have, <laughs> yeah, might have. This is it. This is where I died. Yeah, yeah, because he just stood up out of nowhere and just proclaimed this. So, so what happened was Craig was was uh, he was at a state fair. He was drinking, and he was driving. He was alone. He crashed. He was ejected. The car did burn, and and he died. They are not sure exactly the time of his death, but coincidentally, Trenny, her mom, Mary, her father, and, and, and Trenny's parents are no longer together, but the three of them, living in three different homes, all randomly woke up at 3.20 in the morning of, of, their, of Craig's death. They all, all three randomly woke up at 3.20 in the morning. And then, then they went. They went back to sleep. Well, Mary, this, the the mom, she kind of felt uneasy because she knows that the car. I guess maybe Craig was living with her, but she felt uneasy because uh, the car was not in the driveway. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. So, yeah. so Trenny is like, this has got to be a re- reincarnation of my brother. They have this. So I guess Craig also had a 
had a kind of a bad attitude, maybe, maybe because of the divorce of his parents, I don't know, but he had a kind of a bad attitude, and, and that's why he was probably drinking and drinking and driving. But Noah also, I mentioned he had, had a rebellious attitude. He also kind of would throw fits sometimes, uh, throw pillows, hit his head on, on the floor, just kind of throw fits kind of randomly. And so she always wondered, like, is this the spirit of my brother reincarnated? And she, she believed that. However, her mom, Mary, didn't quite believe in reincarnation until one night. Noah was about seven at this point, and he was sleeping over with his grandma, Mary. And he, he's getting tucked in. Mary was tucking him in, and he says, Noah says, where's Froggy? So Mary says, his grandma, what do you mean where's Froggy? I need Froggy to go to sleep. So Mary, grandma says, well, what color is Froggy? Noah says, yellow. So Mary grandma goes into her closet on the top shelf digs out an old box and pulls out froggy who she's never talked about no one has ever seen froggy because it's in a box because she's just a couple of the keepsakes she's kept uh one of the keepsakes she's kept of her kids some from when they were little and she goes into the room and noah says there's my froggy and mary gets emotional because mary's sister Gave that to Craig, Craig's aunt. Gave it to Craig when he was just a little boy. It was handmade, so it's not like you can go to the store and buy this yellow frog named Froggy. You can't just go buy this because Mary's sister handmade it, gave it to Craig as a gift when he was a young boy, and he took that Froggy everywhere with him. He couldn't. They, they said he couldn't go anywhere, couldn't go in the car, couldn't go anywhere unless he had Froggy. Slept with Froggy, Froggy every night, and um, that's when she realized, yeah. I think I think Craig is reincarnated into Noah. And this is what Mary's belief is. And I thought this was kind of interesting. She goes, Noah is my grandson. It's not Noah is not Craig, but I think Craig's Craig and Noah share the same soul. And that was her, that's her take on it, which I thought was kind of interesting. I thought that was a kind of interesting take that they share the same soul. They're different people. They just share the same soul. Well, yeah, he's going to live a different life. But yeah, yeah, pretty much that's exactly so what So he called his mom Hanny, which only Craig. So Noah called his mom Hanny, which only Craig did. He described the car crash that killed him, which was, for the most part, accurate. He was driving, crashed, burned, died. And then he asked for Froggy from his grandmother that Noah, like they never talked about it. It's not like they talked about. And again, at this point, Noah was born five years after Craig's death, and he was three. So it's been eight years since Craig's death. And Trenny had said, we didn't really talk about Craig, like especially to a three-year-old. I'm not going to tell my three-year-old about my, my dead brother. So we never talked about him. He doesn't know about Froggy, but yet he knew all these things. Yeah, and that's pretty spot on with what Dr. Tucker had said when it comes to uh, some of his, most of his uh, children that he talks to is that they usually come from um, like the same family line and it's usually within five years of the death. I noticed that too as we, we were telling stories. In fact, I saw a lot of correlation in all three of our stories. But the one that I talked about, this was about 40 years difference from when he died from when this kid was born. Oh, mine too. World War II to 1998. Yeah. So, but our but, our stories of similarities were the the kids were having nightmares, night terrors, yeah. And I know in my story I didn't mention it, but uh, once they got the kid in talking to like a, a doctor or something, um, and he started being more open about what his he was experiencing, his nightmares started going away. So the more he talked more about, talk it, about it, the more the he less... let it out, the less he had these nightmares. Interesting. The thing his happened, and they they say that, like you said, most kids were between like three and seven. I think his kind of his memory started fading around seven years old. Yeah, this kid, his memories kept going. The one that I talked about, his kid, his memories kept going, and but until he, uh, when he reached his teens, that's when it seemed like it was fading more. He was having less memories and just kind of remembering what he's already had experienced. Retelling those stories, but yeah. So you guys, uh, so Big Ray said he does believe in reincarnation. Go see. Do you believe oh, in reincarnation? Definitely, definitely do. What about you? I don't know if I, 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 I'm not against the possibility. I, de- I definitely think it's a very high possibility that it does happen, but I'm not, I'm not sure. But I think some of these cases, like we just talked about, it's a pretty good argument of uh, approach to, yeah, there is reincarnation. Maybe not everybody, right? Maybe not everyone. I wonder if it's like a decision like, hey, I want to hit the reset button, do this again. I think it is. Um, or like I want to just move on to something else now. 
Like if you, know, like yeah. I'm saying when you pass away, but whenever it's like a choice when you pass away, like, hey, I want, I want to try to do this again, or all right, I'm ready to go move on to the next phase, do something else. Not you though. You're on your first life. When you, Brandy, talked about being <laughs> a, uh, after having so lived much. having lived uh, previous life on another planet, is that because uh, the life or the energy force of that creature crash landed here? on earth and left its energy here or energy is free floating to go to other planets so repeat what she said case more free floating to other planets which i know i, I know like someone else that had remembered stuff from their previous life they used to make their dad dress up her in pink dresses and always said daddy you remember when i used to be a princess and her dad would always be like sure yeah sure do and they let her dress up in her pink dresses and feel like a princess because, you know, she remembers being one. And the funny thing is, is um, the thing is, it was you, you were the pretty you princess. You were the pretty your princess. Your story. I actually, <laughs> I, I actually knew this individual in one of my previous lives. Um, I used to work for her father as a blacksmith, making weapons and armors for all the knights. Hmm. You look like you do that in this life. Yeah, I do. <laughs> in my second life, I was a Confederate general in the army. In the, in the um, what was that war? Civil War? Yeah. Yeah, I was a Confederate general in the Civil War. And funny enough, I was told by several people that I look a lot like what I look like in that life, too. I'll show you a picture later. Now i got to see this picture. I'll I'll show you. I think you showed it to me. I've I've had it actually confirmed with Brandy and um, a couple other people that this was. I want to see it. I want you to post it. I want to see if people agree. Oh, we'll see. We can post it. Um, It was funny when I found this picture. I just the energy was really calling from this one individual. And when I showed it to her, she's like, yeah, that one in the the top left corner of the picture, Brandy being her. And that's the person I was kind of drawn to in the photo. I wonder if you came from the same family lineage. If you come from the same seed, mm. if you're from the same mother plant. Maybe. <laughs> I just know in the first life I was a blacksmith, and I actually talked about this one, and I should cut this you're out. from the same ginger plant. I'm from the same ginger plant. <laughs> same ginger root. That's the ginger root in me. Um, I, will, I will find the audio of me in my hypnosis session talking about when I was a blacksmith, and I'll uh, link it to you guys. Yeah, that'd be great. I don't yeah. know if I'll put that on air or on YouTube or anything like that, but okay, I'll send it to me and then I'll do it. I'll send it. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'll upload it to everybody. I'll, I'll find the hypnosis session where I talked about my past life as a blacksmith. And okay. The uh, the person I actually worked for was Brandy's dad. So this is the second life I've actually shared with Brandy. Interesting. Ah. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm gonna take a guess here, and she'll she'll confirm it. He's on his first one here on Earth. Second, okay, I was wrong. Yeah, I um, did a lot of awesome shit. So that was, that, was my first. that was Derek, uh, or DBO. Ghosty, I think you're on your third, maybe fourth one. Fourth one. I concur. I, uh, I'm not going to argue. Oh, I'm just <laughs> I'm just guessing and Brandy's correcting me. So you're on your second, DBO. I'm on my third, you're on your fourth. So you're the oldest out of the three of us. I feel and you wiser. the youngest. Well, <laughs> I have That's okay. a young spirit with me. <laughs> I'm young at heart forever. That's fine. Forever That's 21 is named after me. So, this is not something I'd brag about. What? Forever 21 being named after you? It's just how I feel. But uh, <laughs> I know you've shared Caden's daughter's story. I think he's talked about it when he was on the show. Yeah, he did. Where they were downtown, and she said she saw the firemen and the fire, and he actually looked it up. They were like confused and know what she's talking about, and she actually looked up like the building they were at was in a fire like a long time ago. Yeah, she was, a, she was a police officer on on, on site on call, yeah, yeah, on duty when the fire happened. Yeah, she gave all these details, and they actually looked it up and researched it, and she was accurate. That's badass. So, I know there's people listening; they're going to have stories, and we would love to hear. I definitely love to hear them. Imagine stories. My next reincarnated life, and I'm just talking about all the hood rat shit I've done here. Oh, you know what I did here? Here, <laughs> I used to I used to go on a microphone and talk to people about the stupid shit I did. <laughs> the hood rat shit I did over there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yes, like you were saying, yes, send us all your stories if you have them. Yeah, and you know, I love them. if you're okay with it, we'll share them on the show. If not, we'll just share it with ourselves and and 
give uh, and go wow, and go, go wow, wow about it. <laughs> okay, Brandy, you just said something interesting while you're spying in on this episode with us. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we finished recording. Questions started being asked, and we're like, "Fucking start it back up again." We're, we're going to add more to the podcast. Hit, hit, hit the record. We're so, going, so we've got more. So, so Brandy just confirmed. Hit it. I have lived. This is my second life. This is Ghosty's fourth life. My third, and, and Beaker's third. And I just said, "How do you know that?" And then Ghosty had a smart ass comment, which was like rings around a tree, like there are auras, because because Brandy's saying, I, "I I I can see auras." And so Ghosty's like, it's like rings around a tree. And she's like, actually, that's the really best way to maybe describe it. Yep. So, Brandy, scoot closer to the mic, please, and please elaborate. Oh. The best you can. I know okay, so. Our feeble minds can't maybe understand Everybody all this. is energy, right? That's what you're made out of. Yes. And so, if you believe in the metaphysical, you your energy is always the same. Uh-huh. And you may have a different color aura in another life. But it'll still show rings like a tree because it's the same energy uh, not necessarily the same person or the same aura because the person and the aura are going to go together and the aura colors mm-hmm. have a meaning right have a meaning yeah <laughs> but you know depending on what life you're on and who you choose to be it can change but the rings will still follow your energy ah i haven't done this in a while we're going to guess aura colors because i don't know your two i was gonna, i was going to ask i'm so i have an idea with 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 um ghosty I'm getting like green means horny. <laughs> you reading my mind? I was actually gonna say green. Yes, yeah, it's green. The horny colors. He it's only horny. eats. Uh, but I'd say more like a lime green. He only eats the green M and M's. With DVO, orange is popping in my head. Yep. I was just mouthing to the camera orange. Yeah, I saw him, but yeah. I was mouthing have, to the camera orange. And I have my back to you, so I couldn't see that. Yes. I'm not looking at the camera. So if you're watching on the YouTube, word, the word orange popped in my head. And you're orange. I know I'm orange. I've known that for a while, but well, we used, all know that outsiders. if you're watching. I, I used to inside so, and out. <laughs> so here's here's the fun thing: the th- the little bit that I do know about aura colors, orange is like a uh, leadership type personality, and she sees the personality auras. She doesn't see like the other other auras. There there are different layers to your auras, and they have different meanings. The she sees a personality aura, and the orange one, from what I understand, is more of the the leadership role, the people that like to take charge of things. Um, with me, I'm more of like, I can be a leader, but I don't really want to unless I have to. Uh, DVO is just that. He's that go get him leader type. Uh, green, more creative, artistic type. Horny. Horny. <laughs> well, Ghosty, Ghosty used to draw a lot. Yeah, I used to. I'm still cre- Look at my little, my little uh, universe yeah, yeah, I've created. Little... Yeah, that's true. That's what I do now. In a different way. Yeah. I ah. create little bio. Environment. So, so you were the one I was talking about with the uh, telling your dad that you were. Remember when I was a princess? Um, is there any more to that that you want to share? Uh, okay, so my dad was a lord, so I wasn't technically a princess, <laughs> but I used to dress up in princess clothes, Milady. and I had a lot of them. I had a lot of different colors, and um, when I came into this life, my dad. I was a daddy's girl, and he, my dad, in this life dressed me up in a lot of princess dresses and you know pink was the color he picked so I had pink everything and so I was like oh remember daddy when I used to wear princess dresses and he just looks at me like no not in this life like crazy but yeah it just it triggered a memory from a past life being in little princess dresses in this life too and it's funny because I, I see my aura as as orange which is funny enough um, so that, you might that, be able to see them if you concentrate hard enough. Yeah, yeah maybe things. I'll bring that book next week and let you borrow it. It's uh, the beginner's guide to reading or seeing auras. Okay, and and Brandon, you just said you can actually maybe even potentially see or read or tell me if I'm wrong. Other people's lives. Yes, under a very meditative, relaxed state. Um, certain sensitives can read other people's past lives. Interesting. And how does that come to you? Does that come? How does that come to you? Uh, that comes from your energy. So I'd place my hands like on your back or on uh-huh. your shoulders and kind of just basically run through all of your lives as far as my yeah, energy. Is it like a movie? Is mm-hmm. Ah, that's what I was wondering about. Okay. See, for me, like I, we were at Dance and Crane Import and I just looked over at Brandy one day and I go, you were this in a past life, weren't you? And she just looks at me and she goes, shh, don't tell anyone. 
Hmm. Interesting. It was just it wasn't like anything. We were just shopping, and it just it hit me all of a sudden out of nowhere. I'm like, "You did this in a past life." She's like, "Yes, I did." And you're reading through someone's past life, these slow motion and the sexy parts. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, chicka, wow, wow. I mean, that would take a lot of energy and a lot of time, but yeah, slow if motion. you wanted to. <laughs> We're living the age of technology. You could just pull it up on your phone. You don't have to read somebody's energy to get to the, the sexy parts. <laughs> but it's, you know, That takes a lot less energy. This was before cameras. <laughs> yeah, then, not now. <laughs> this makes it more erotic. Just leave it alone. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> All right, well, well thank, thank you, Brandy, for sharing, sharing that. You're welcome. Very interesting. And this is all stuff from my point of view. People might experience it differently. So, because there's a lot of haters out there, like, no, that's wrong, and that's well, not how it is. It's yeah, everybody has their own. And like, I remember, I used to see. I didn't see colors ever from people's auras, but I don't know if it was auras or energies. But it would all just either look white or yellow. And I'd only see it if I would. I'd have to like hide my face and only see them from my peripherals to see it. So only if in my peripheral and I would see like white or yellow and it would like bounce off of like the outline of their bodies. Right. And it would shoot out further away from some. Some wouldn't give off as much and some would give off a lot. Yeah. That's so, kind of the way I see spirits. Like the energy level is definitely different, you know, from mm -hmm. a, a beating heart to like almost nothing. So the, the, what I find interesting mm -hmm. about auras when you look at people's auras, um, personally, I've never seen someone's aura. I just kind of know the colors. I don't know why, I just know, but um, the way that you're able to tell like a gifted person or like a, a true medium from, you know, us normal people. Um, our, Normies, as we're called. Muggles. Our, 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 <laughs> yes, the, us muggles. Um, do you want to explain, and this is just how you see it. It's not, like we said, it's not going to be the same for everybody. Every medium, every gifted person is going to see things differently. But for you, how do you determine whether or not someone is actually uh, a medium or if it's someone that's just saying they are? Um, most people that are gifted that can see beyond the veil uh, our auras are not a specific color. They're very fluid and almost reflective, so almost like iridescent. You can see the different colors in there, but it's not just one color. And it's very liquidy and fluid compared to somebody who is like somebody who doesn't have gifts and has totally shut off. They're, they have an actual color and it's very solid, like a solid band it's not fluid and free-flowing at all mm, okay makes so, yeah. sense again these are just like personality auras that she sees they're not like i've i've heard other auras and we're not going to get too much into this but that's just personality auras is what she sees all right well thank you again for your time yeah. very informative all right everybody well thanks for listening watching whichever you're doing we love it yeah like and subscribe so we can get our ghost yacht ghost you don't play that peace out butterflies i see dead people this is the evp podcast <laughs>